Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 578. Today we're catching up with our canon catch-up series, and we're looking back at Defenders of Peace. Bit of an oxymoron, it sounds like. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliff from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7 by 7 the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod, and I thought we would mix things up a little bit for the next day or two, just to kind of cleanse the palate, if you will. <laughs> Since we've been doing so much uh, in-depth work on The Force Awakens with the script over the past couple of weeks, I thought maybe let's look at something a little lighter, as it were. Or at least I thought it was going to be lighter, but it turns out that Defenders of Peace, which is the 14th episode in Season 1 of the Clone Wars cartoon series, is pretty deep. And... Here's the really awesome thing about it. Star Wars, at its best, succeeded in operating on multiple levels, in being an adult entertainment as well as being a great kids' entertainment, too. Now, I have not watched all of the Clone Wars cartoons, and I'm actually really thrilled for the opportunity to get to know them over time through the podcast here and share the little tidbits with you that you might be interested in. Yeah, maybe you're not a cartoon person. That's okay. But I'm sure you're interested in the canon and maybe you'd like to know a little bit or two about the goings-on that happen inside the world of Star Wars. Now, I've heard it said that on the one hand, the Clone Wars cartoon series hit its stride, you know, the further it went on. And then on the other hand, I've also heard people say that it got really political and deep as it went on too. So that's going to be kind of interesting to pursue that. But they're already starting kind of deep with this episode. And this is the second half of a two-part situation. Jedi Crash was the first episode in it in which these very pacifist characters, the Lerman, who will not fight no matter what comes their way. They will, you know, the uh, leader of their clan says, if it's our destiny to be destroyed, then so be it, which, man, that's commitment, (laughs) all right. But they're cute little lemur-like creatures, and so, yeah, there you've got the kids sucked in with these fun little lemurs that, to travel fast, just curl themselves up into a ball and roll along, and they're very acrobatic, of course, and all that fun stuff, and even their ways of, you know, capturing creatures and whatnot are as non-violent as possible. But for the adult side of things, they actually turn this into a genuine quandary because you've got the bad guys and the Separatists showing up on the planet, and heaven knows if they spot the Jedi there, then all heck is going to break loose and they're going to slaughter the Lerman. Bad thing, of course. But the Lerman just don't want to be involved with the Jedi, don't want to be involved with Separatists, and yeah, it's causing dissension in the ranks between the Lerman, especially with the leader of the clan and his son, who wants to at least fight or defend themselves at the very least, and even the dad doesn't want to do that. So what do you do? It's a big darn question. And certainly not the kind we face in our everyday lives, but you know, the more you hear about bad things going on in the world, it actually raises the question, what would you do if some sort of fight came to your home, to your town? Would you be a pacifist? Would you stand up and fight? How would you protect your family? What's the best way to do it? The show's answering and asking big questions. And the makers of the show do seem to have a very strong opinion about this. They are absolutely trying to lean in the direction of, yeah, you have to choose a side, period, paragraph. You have to get into the fight regardless. 
And I don't know if that's always the case. I mean, our kids are in karate and they teach them about the ABCs of conflict. They have, you know, A stands for this and B stands for that and so on and so forth. And it's not until you get down to letter H, (laughs) right? Eight down, yeah, before you actually get into hit hard, hit fast, hit first, physical confrontation. Every other option has to be exhausted before you get there. But that's just the one-on-one stuff, you know. Obviously, it's a bigger deal when it's a bigger war, for sure. I like the fact that the series is actually kind of challenging you to consider these questions. And some kids watching this are old enough where they might sit and think about it and actually ask their parents, what do you think about these things? So that in itself is pretty cool. From a canon perspective, though, I wouldn't say that this is particularly remarkable in any sense of the word, and it's not like anything pivotal happens in the episode in that regard. It's funny to have Lock Durd, the Nemoidian who shows up to test a defoliating weapon there, be played by George Takai. Yes, indeed, Sulu shows up in the Clone Wars, and oddly enough, at the beginning of the episode, when the Lermans say they don't want anything to do with the Jedi and they don't want them helping out against the Separatists or anything like that, Anakin is the one to say, yeah, let's get out of here, and if that's the way that the Lerman want it, then that's the way they can have it. And I can't think of a better way to describe that thinking as prime directive thinking. Yeah, the concept from Star Trek where they aren't supposed to interfere in the native species affairs, which, of course, they violated all the time ridiculously. So even though this episode is comparative fluff as far as the canon goes, it still kind of embodies some of the best of Star Wars and operating on those multiple levels. So got to give it credit for that. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you. audibletrial.com SW7X7. Alrighty, we got some Force Awakens trivia here for you, though. I don't know what to do! Last time we asked you who went to Ashtu, Aktu, <laughs> to go visit Luke at the end of the Force Awakens, and that was Chewie, Ray, and R2-D2. Today's question, how many shuttles did the First Order send to land on Jakku looking for Lorsan Tekka and the map to Luke Skywalker? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you engage those Star Destroyers at point-blank range, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not the shortest offensive of all time, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7 We hope you love it.